Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into the Sunday Smash. Here we go. Let me fix my camera. What's up, Ira? How the hell are you, baby? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, drinking the good stuff. I like to call this the uh, Dos Artes of beers, of light beers. <laughs> and uh, so that's what so I'm good. That's what happened to me in the fridge tonight. So this is a little too hard at ale. It's my favorite as I watch my bucks up 27-10 here with about 10 minutes to play in the fourth quarter. That's the hard part of uh, doing the Sunday Smash as much as I love it. If the Bucks play at four, which they sometimes do because, uh, you know, they're the reigning Super Bowl champions, Ira. And it's um, also, but it's also, is that game taking four hours? Because it, I, I was in the car and it was halftime, it, like after six. I mean, let's get it going here, Tom. Let's move well, the clock. <laughs> so it started at 425 and it's 702. So I, I think we're okay. It just feels that way. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, well, NFL games are that way uh, in general. Yeah. So listen, we've had a busy, busy week, um, crazy times. And and we've got uh, a really good thing going uh, on Wednesday uh, all day long. So I want to promote this because we should. Uh, you know, a lot of times on the Sunday Smash, we are not, you know, uh, self-promoting horse. We're not. But uh, but sometimes, but today sometimes, sometimes we are not all so, the time. Yeah, but today I think we should be because uh, when there it is, National uh, Signing Day Live, seven hours of live coverage and analysis, uh, building up to the Jeff Cameron Show at one o'clock. Uh, prior to that, all of our experts, all the way through, letting you know who did what. Wins, losses, the whole deal. And then at 1 o'clock, I come on and we'll talk. And, and I'm sure I'll have Ira on, as always, um, and, and, and Mike and, and anybody else, for that matter, talking about the uh, the day that was and, the, and, and still is. So uh, there'll be a lot going on that day. And I know how important it is. So it's important to point that out. Wednesday is going to be a big day on Warchant TV. Yeah, and uh, Florida State obviously had a, a big recruiting weekend this past weekend. Uh, just wrapping up right now, we actually just put up some stories on the website if people haven't checked it out yet over at warchant.com. Uh, Julian Armella, the nation's number one offensive tackle, had his official visit, brought his mom up. Uh, it was really a big weekend for her to see FSU's campus and meet the coaching staff uh, in mass uh, for the first time. And that sounds like that really went well. Um, Austin's got a story up on that. And then uh, 
Uh, Michael's got a story about a defensive back out of Niceville, Zari Thomas, who visited as well, four-star defensive back who it's funny, man, like I, back in the summer, you know, you know, I don't do a ton of the recruiting coverage, Jeff, right. but back during the summer, I went to uh, FSU had their seven on seven camp. Yep. And uh, so I went out there and he was out there and with his team from Niceville and I went up to him, all the FSU coaches were still trying to talk to him, even though he kind of eliminated FSU at that point. But I kept seeing, you know, different coaches talking to him and FSU's players talking to him. So I, I was like, Hey man, are you still considering Florida state? And he just kind of looked at me like, no, nah, dude, like I'm not, I'm not, not, not interested. But what happened was Florida state's had a, you know, a, a more promising season than probably he expected after last year. And then some coaching changes, you know, he was considering, um, you know, I think LSU and Florida and Georgia tech, and they all have either had coaching changes and or, a really disappointing season. So now Florida State's back in the mix. They get the official visit. So you can read about that at War Chant. Uh, and then um, uh, there were other, uh, they had an uh, Oregon transfer receiver. Micah Pittman was here. We put that story up earlier today. So plenty of recruiting coverage uh, to get you ready for Wednesday over at warchant.com. So what, what are your feelings, man? Um, let's, like, some people have asked about it. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, you know, Seeing the missed shot at the end there against South Carolina, Ira, I'm 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 really concerned. They're, they're five <laughs> is, and four. They're not good, man. They're yeah. not good. They got a lot of problems. The offensive rebounding for South Carolina in this game was the difference. Um, we can go on and on and on. They had a look at it at the end there, and um, it should have you know you got to hit that shot. But I mean, it's it's heartbreaking to watch this team right now. This is this is tough. Yeah, you know, offensive rebounding was a problem uh, last time out as well. I mean, they just have not uh, – they have not done well in that area. But also, I'm kind of confused a little bit in the, some of the things they're doing rotation-wise. Mm-hmm. I thought Naheem McLeod, I thought he gave them some good minutes in the first half, just like he did in their last game. And they sat him – like, they, they just won't play him for long stretches, and they go small, and they just get killed in the boards. This, this was a game where – um, South Carolina just repeatedly beat them off the dribble, which when they don't have a rim protector, which they don't right now, if they're not going to play McLeod because Tenor and Gama is out, uh, guys, people are just getting to the rim. I, South Carolina scored a ton of points in the paint, and uh, Florida State didn't shoot well from the perimeter again. And uh, I don't think that this team is less talented than we thought. Um, they just, you know, some of these guys just have to start shooting better than, I mean, Anthony Polite last year. And I'm not putting it on him today, but Anthony Polite last year shot over 40 something percent from three. And I think he's around 25 percent. A Wild Wilkes has shot better in the past from three. Uh, so those guys have to start hitting shots, and then they've got to get they've got to get somebody to protect the rim. And Tenor and Gom's out for another few weeks, so I, I would play McLeod more. I know he's going to make mistakes, but at least you have that presence to make teams think twice about getting to the rim. Because right now people are just going and attacking it all day. Jeremy, thank you so much for your contribution. Go Knowles and Sunday Night Smash. Uh, Sunday Smash indeed. War Chant. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's hard to watch us right now. Uh, I feel like <laughs> we're reeling. That's uh, a basketball team that I'm really, really worried about. So as an aside, let's go back to what people were asking about at the beginning. Um, there's this thought that uh, Dillingham's leaving. Uh, Ira, your thoughts on this? So, yeah, Bruce Feldman reported that that uh, Dan Lanning has interest in him. It's something actually Michael uh, had heard about a couple days ago when the first report came out 
um, on Friday that Dan Lanning was a candidate that was likely going to get the Oregon job, that uh, Georgia's defense coordinator was likely to get the Oregon job. And then that report was kind of squashed. But Michael was hearing it in recruiting circles over the weekend that if Dan Lanning got that job, that uh, he'd likely want Kenny Dillingham to come with him because he had they coached together at Memphis. They're really good friends. They've been friends for a long time. Um, and, you know, so when Feldman reported, it wasn't really big news. And, I, and I, from our perspective, and I think uh, I'm sure Mike Norvell was very well ready for it. To me, I, I think it's going to totally come down to where Kenny Dillingham wants to be next year. You know, if he wants to be on the West Coast again, he's a West Coast guy. If he wants to be on the West Coast, if he wants to be back with Dan Lanning because they're friends or because he sees that roster and feels like there's much more potential there, then maybe he wants to go. But I don't think this is going to be one of these where there's negotiations and renegotiations and battling back and forth. If you look at Mike Norvell's track record, he's had a lot of assistant coaches leave. And uh, I, and he looked, Kenny Dillingham left him before uh, to go to Auburn. So I, I would be surprised if, if Mike Norvell goes to the administration and says, hey, we need to counter, we need to do this or that. Um, obviously, they've got some continuity right now. You'd like to keep that. This is not a great time because of signing day coming up in a few days. But I honestly think, and this isn't, I haven't talked to Mike Norvell about this, obviously, but but I would be surprised if this is a, any kind of back and forth. I think it's going to be Kenny Dillingham. Do you want to be here? Do you want to be there? And and then you make the decision. But I I don't think this is going to be, you know, when Jimbo was here, a lot of times that coaches would play other offers against each other and you'd have this kind of back and forth. I don't think it's going to be that. I think if he wants to leave, he can leave. If he wants to stay, I think Mike Norvell will, will be happy to keep him. So this is not the thing that uh, people accuse us of, of um, you know, talking so much about Jimbo after all these years. But, for example, Elko wanting the Duke job. You know, I made a joke about it last week on the air. And, Ira, I know you tweeted about it. I mean, you got to be kidding me, right? I mean, like, it's a, if you <laughs> – it's, it's where coaches go to die. I, well, not just where coaches go to die, but it just tells you, like yeah. – it's untenable. You know, it's, it's so difficult to work for that guy and he's got a lot of strengths, but it's so hard to work for him. And uh, it's not surprising to watch people run for the, you know, run for the Hills uh, in terms of Dillingham, you know, Norvell has always told us uh, since the day he took the job, Hey, I want my guys to be sought after. I want my guys to be recruited by other people. It can be difficult, but that means they're doing a good job. And I'll always have another guy ready. You know, I'll always be looking to the next guy because I, I, I expect that my coaches are going to do such a good job that other people are going to want them. So I bring that up to say this. There is a really disillusioned part of this fan base that has no idea what they're talking about when it comes to Dillingham. That dude's going to be a head coach. That guy is really bright. He found a way to scheme up a one-dimensional offense and find all kinds of one-on-one matchups, which is impossible to do when the other team knows what you're doing, and yet he did it consistently. It's why other people would want him. Now, if he leaves, is it at the end of the world? No, but you know, I would really like to see Florida State have some continuity, so it would be unfortunate in that way. Yeah, no, from a continuity standpoint, for sure. And I, I, mean, I, I like Kenny Dillingham. I think he does a nice job. Um, but I also think that, you know, he learned from Mike Norvell. Um, I think that, uh, you know, somebody asked, uh, there was a question about whether or not 
he'd want more autonomy at Oregon maybe than he has here. I think that's possible. Um, you know, maybe. he is Kenny is the play caller here. There, I mean, he is. It's a hundred percent fact that he's he calls the plays. But Mike Norvell's in, it's his offense overall. He's the head coach. He's going to have game plan uh, a lot of input, and uh, you know he's going to have more direction. Whereas if he went there with Dan Landing as a de- defensive coach, then you know obviously the offense would be Kenny Dillingham's to, to make decisions. Um, but I don't, you know, again, I mean, I, I don't know. It's not like he's you know, to me, like Randy Sanders, when Randy Sanders was here under Jimbo and he wanted to call plays, Randy Sanders was towards the end of his, not the end of his career, but he had a very mature career. He had been a coordinator at you know, Tennessee and other places. You know, he didn't want to just be here holding a clipboard for Jimbo Fisher. He wanted to call plays. And I'm and, and Kenny Dillingham gets to call plays and he's only, you know, early 30s. So it's not like there's some huge time where he has to go prove himself. Um, you know, you know, what I'm saying like it's not like I if I'm like Norvell again. I just think you you look at Kenny Dillian and say, look, man, do you want to be there? Or do you want to be here? I wouldn't. I don't think it changes the the direction of Florida State's football program if Kenny Dillingham leaves. Mike Norvell has hired really good coaches every year since he's been a head coach. So I I'm not too overly concerned about it, except from a recruiting standpoint in the middle of this process right now. Yeah, I think that's the whole thing is recruiting. Like, would it affect you in recruiting? Um, no, and by the way, some people have brought up, they're like, wait, it's a lateral move. Yeah, well, as Ira pointed out, the guy's from the West Coast. So, you know, if you want to be on the West Coast, then maybe you do. You know, I mean, uh, I don't I don't think it's a money move. I I, I don't yeah. think it's a money move. I think, I think in terms of Florida State will pay. It's not that. I mean, there's this crazy misnomer that Florida State doesn't pay. Florida State's athletic department is paid and paid big. For coaches, that's not that's not a problem. Um, I don't. I I think you know. Obviously, once they get out from under Willie, that'd be that would be helpful. It'd be more money, but th- that's not that's not a deal. Like that that's not the reason people are leaving or coming or going. Um, in terms of Florida State, uh, but yeah, if he leaves, he leaves. Uh, I, I I don't know. I just would be worried about recruiting if it happens, if only because there might be a couple of kids that really feel good about him, but. You know, it's a you know a fascinating time. Let's go back, Ira. You know, we haven't done a Sunday Smash since all the athletic director stuff happened. So, uh, we both know that was a wild ride. We both know there's a lot of politics involved in that. We both know there's a lot of weird things that were involved in that. I think at the end of the day, and and I know you've got great sources, and I've got great sources for this this particular story. Uh, I actually do think, in retrospect, Florida State did dodge a bullet. Do you agree? You know, I don't know for sure. I mean, I think if 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 uh, if if you mean it from the standpoint of maybe Vince Tyra wasn't Tyre wasn't going to be uh, committed for to, for for, for yeah. several years, then I guess yeah. that would be your concern. I don't think it was a dodging a bullet because he wouldn't do a good job. I think, um, but yeah, I mean, if you accept a position, which is my understanding, he he accepted the job, and then by the way, he played himself, Ira. He played himself, and I think you documented this on War Chant. Well, I mean, he he he, you know, accepted the job. Then he gets wind that Louisville's president is going to leave, and then now he wants more time and he's going to think it over. And he's got you know a couple of decisions to make. And Florida State just moved on. Um, from your from what you were saying, yeah, I mean, look at the end of the day, I think a lot of us thought Michael Offord was going to be the AD, and they had an opportunity to hire somebody they thought could do um, at least as good of a job, maybe a better job. Plus, you'd keep you know, theoretically keep Michael Alford running the boosters and then you'd have both of them in place. Um, 
you know, that didn't work out. So you promote Michael Alford to AD. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, Alford's got, he checks the boxes that you want an AD to check in this time frame. He's connected. He's a very good fundraiser. I mean, that's his probably his greatest strength. Uh, he's a guy who's worked a lot of corporate deals when he was in Alabama and Oklahoma. He's helped build facilities. I mean, there's nothing, when you look at Michael Alford and, and say, what did we want in an AD? He checks all those boxes. The only reason they kind of got diverted was because they were so impressed by, by what they thought Vince Tyree could do. And, you know, whether they dodged a bullet or not, uh, that, that could be true. Uh, but but I think for the biggest thing is they ended up with, a I think, the, their strongest AD, uh, you know, going back to Dave Hart. Well, yeah, they have not had a real AD since Dave Hart. And I've said that numerous times that everybody that played the role of AD after Dave Hart were, you know, they were restricted with what they could do. Uh, it's not a personal shot at any of those gentlemen, but they really couldn't do anything. So you finally had an opportunity to hire an AD with with some clout and authority. And, and so that's why it was an important hire. The reason I worry that they dodged a bullet or I say that they may have dodged a bullet is that anybody dumb enough to play themselves at a $1.2 million, Ira? Yeah, but I feel in the private sector, he's probably going to make pretty good money. I, oh, you know. He's a hedge fund guy. He's going to make a lot of money. I understand all that. But I don't know that that was his initial play. Like, I think he was trying to play one against the other and then and fucked it up. That's you know, very possible, I, yeah. Yeah, it, it yeah. feels that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Um, are you? Are you? Are you? Uh, I guess the Bucks falling apart here, Jeff. What's oh yeah, on? they're trying to lose the game. The Bucks are trying to lose the game. They were up twenty-four to uh, three. They dominated yes. the game. They've been the way better team. Buffalo's a mess. Um, and then they just screwed around this entire game, and now it's 27-24. 27-24? Um, yeah, my Bucks lead. But my guess is that the Bucks go down here and score and win the game. Um, and it'll just be all the more heartbreaking for, uh, for Buffalo fans, including Tom. Uh, Tom, I see you, buddy. Hang in there, man. You guys are fighting hard. I'm proud of you. You've really battled back like the little scrappy bunch that you are. Um, but, you know, at seven and six, you'll probably be out of the playoffs. What it, and, 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 you know, that's okay. That's all right. What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts about Randy Shannon joining the staff? More news this week. Joining the staff as a full-time – uh, assistant coach and co-line co-defensive coordinator. Yeah. Well, you know, I've never I've never thought much of Randy as a coordinator at all. I thought he's been pretty awful his whole career. Come on, um, man. But uh, but I will tell you this: I think the continuity is good, and I think the ability to recruit is important. And um, you know, I mean, Randy ran a four-three over uh, cover two. Uh, that's what he ran his whole life. That's what they did. Uh, they had better players uh, for a long, long time, and you could do that. I've never seen innovation out of Randy. Um, no, I, I, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say about this. I mean, I, I think I, mean, I, I, I don't I know think, that I, I, you know, again, man, I don't know that they were looking for uh, somebody to come in and revamp the entire defense. I think, um, I think you know, Mike Norvell hired Adam Fuller to be the defensive coordinator originally. I think. Randy Shannon brings a lot of things to the table. Um, I personally do. I mean, I think he brings yeah. uh, not just recruiting, but also player relations. Um, yeah, I, think I just, agree with that. And, uh, you know, a, a solid, um, you know, I think a, a, another guy with a solid reputation that helps you uh, in the state of Florida when it comes to recruiting. So, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I, that's, I don't, total, yeah. that's the total plus of the hire, Ira. It's not a schematic advantage, but yes. But I do think he's a guy who, 
had a lot of input this year uh, on the scheme side. And, and particularly, um, again, not necessarily being, you know, the next, you know, I don't know who the next ingenious Bill yeah, Belichick yeah, yeah. or whatever, but, but, but a guy who could kind of shore up deficiencies and kind of become more sound. I think early in this year, when they were having a lot of those blown coverage in the secondary, it seemed to me like Randy Shannon started having a little bit more vocal role. He couldn't coach the players, but you could watch him during games be a little bit more vocal with the other coaches and tell them what he was seeing, and it seemed to help them a little bit uh, with what they were doing on the back end. So I think I think it's a plus, man. I, I really do. I, um, again, I don't think he's going to kind of just change what they do schematically, uh, but I think he's a big plus. Well, I think it's a fair way to assess it. Yes, you and I agree more than we don't. Um, I'm just saying, like, that guy's not changing anything about what you do right. schematically. Um, but, if you were, been... but if you were looking for that, then why are you keeping Randy Sh- uh, Adam Fuller? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree. And, and, and connecting to people and also connecting to people in South Florida, and, you know, that that's very, very important. Um, and yeah, also no, connecting I... with his staff. I mean, that, the, the fact that, Adam Fuller is not threatened by him at all. The fact that they get along really well, the fact that he and Odell get along really well, the fact that, uh, you know, that staff, um, again, I just feel like he's been an integral part of that staff. So when you talk about continuity, this is uh, another way to do it. Is Buffalo well, winning this game now? Is, is that no, 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 no. They're not. Tampa has the ball. They're at the 50-yard line. See, this is the only time the smash becomes a problem, Ira. <laughs> when the Bucks are – Clinging to their game to their uh so when the Bucks are trying to F up a win, here it's second and six. They hand the ball off. Nope. Brady rolls out. That's a long pass. Had him missed him third and six. All right. So what happens is, you know, I'm watching back and forth on this game. How much, and how, tr- much time, how much time is left in that game, Jeff? Three minutes and twenty something seconds. Oh, you got Brady it. Had, Brady had God when he missed him, which could have sealed things, but you know, this is this how it goes. So um, <laughs> it's funny. Sorry, I I am distracted. Uh, somebody, uh, somebody in the comment, Jason in the comments mentioned that he thinks it's a chess move since Chris Ball is now at Miami and strengthens FSU down there. Look, I, I mean, I, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think it's a uh, it's a uh, you know Chris the Chris Ball in Miami thing is going to be interesting, but I don't know that I don't know that you can lock down Miami. First of all, you know you first down uh, Bucks. First down, Bucks, but there's a penalty. I think it's going to be holding on the Bucks. Let's see. Oh man. So wait a minute. We got it. We got it. We got it. Three minutes, twenty-two seconds to play. The Bucks hit a third down on the. But now there's like, I see flags on the field. I can't figure out what the call is here. Ira. All right, we're gonna have to mute you. You just go away, and I'll just the talk sm- to the people the in the sm- chat. <laughs> so what do we got here? Here, I'm gonna give you the call. We got a holding. Oh, a holding on the defense. And holding on the offense, these penalties off. Replay the down. Replay third down, buddy. Replay third down. So reliable resellers here, Jeff, says he watched highlights of Travis Hunter in the uh, state championship game in Georgia. And uh, good Lord, that kid lived up to the hype. Oh, dude, he's a freak. He's a freak. He had a nice nice day uh, in their state championship game. So let me ask you a question. Do you – so Florida State fans, and I understand this, by the way, I kept seeing all these reports from people – uh, who are like, oh, the you know he's going to sign with Georgia. He's going to pull a whippity do. Uh, here we go, third and six. Ira Brady in the shotgun. He's got time. He pats. He's sacked. Buffalo with the sack. Big sack. It's fourth and twelve. The Bucks will punt it away with three minutes to play. And here come the Bills. 
poor uh, poor Tom Mortner and a few other people are complaining because you're ahead of them. You're you're you're, you're getting the uh, you got a feed. They're probably streaming. Hey, hey, Tom. Uh, hey, Tom, I just gave you really good news, buddy. Uh, you guys are getting the ball back. The Bucks are going to piss away the game. Uh, but, but back to that- uh, Travis Hunter. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, look, I, I think people are going to be nervous until he signs. I mean, when you're, when you're, you know, you've got the number one recruit in the country planning to come to your school. He's been committed since March of 2020. So mm-hmm. to me, if he were to decommit anytime between now and Wednesday, certainly if he did it on Wednesday, I mean, like who wronged you, Travis? You know, if you're worried about that, you have to think he's trying to somehow screw FSU. And I mean, I just, there's no indications of that whatsoever. If he was going to decommit, you would think it would have happened months ago, maybe when Florida State was 0-4 and Georgia was number one in the country. Um, So, I mean, you never say never. You never know what packages arrive on somebody's doorstep uh and, and and maybe change opinions but yeah i you know i i would be stunned if it happened especially again at this hour if you've been committed for almost two years to do it to florida state at this point just doesn't make a lot of sense I, but he's a he's a really nice player the, but the one thing man i'm curious your thoughts on this though Corey thinks i mean i think Corey thinks his war is like two i think Corey thinks he's gonna like win games for them next year i'm not so sure about that i mean he's a he's a DB receiver skill guy maybe can do some stuff in the return game. I don't know that that where Florida State is as a program right now. It's great to have them. You want to have them, but I don't know that that's going to be the difference between wins and losses in 2022. Yeah, year one, uh, he might listen. If you could have somebody return punts with any degree of regularity, that'd be good. Um, I don't know if he's that, but maybe he is because he's an elite athlete. Um, if you can play both ways, that's huge. I, I want him to play offense here. I think it's really important that he play offense here. So does Rick Cotton. Um, I would just tell you that, I, I mean, I, I think he's a difference maker. I wouldn't put it at two. I'd, I might put it at one, though. Not even sure I'd do that. Maybe. But I, maybe know, at one. Not. Maybe at one. Maybe at one. Which is, a, which, by the way, Ira, to your point, if you put a freshman at one, that tells you he – you know, he's unique, you know, because there's not too many, there aren't too many incoming freshmen that you'd put a war at one. Unless it's a quarterback. I mean, again, that's to me, that's the, the issue. But even then, Ira, even no. then, I mean, like he has to be transcendently good at quarterback, like, like I, Janus. I agree, but I, that's where I just think of the, I just don't know how much of an impact a corner slash receiver. I mean, Jalen Ramsey was great, but he was great, especially on a team when he came in in 2013, a team that was unbelievable and he came in and got a starting job from day one. Right. Dalen Ramsey came into this Florida State football team. I don't know that he wins them football games. I'm, that's all I'm saying. To me, it like, if you right. get an elite oh, player. Like this, team, this, team, this team, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I don't know that they have so many other issues that I don't know that one guy is going to push you over the edge. Um, but, you know, man, it's, but obviously it's huge to have him. Um, and, uh, and, and it's just, it's huge for Florida State to have that happen. Um, you know, from a, from a prestige standpoint, you know, that that's going to be when, when ESPN and all the networks break down national signing day, well, where did the number one player in the country go? Oh, he went to Florida state. That's, that's nice. I mean, that's a good story for FSU. Hey, so you and I have not had this conversation and I have a feeling that it'll be a more civil conversation than the one that I could have with Corey. What do you think about the Johnson brothers? Do you think that you think it's something that could happen and what are your thoughts? And I mean this legitimately, non-argumentatively. 
what are your thoughts on on the tan? Like, first of all, he's the best tight end recruit in the country. So right. you want the brother for sure. For sure. I want Max. I think he's a very good player, but I also think he's a good enough player that he comes in and he challenges Jordan. So here's where I'll give the Jordan Travis lovers credit. Jordan probably wins the job, but he will be, he will have to fight for it if Max comes in. And to me, I think that's what you want. Now, do you think that scares off people? Do you think that offends Jordan? I, your thoughts on all of that? I'm trying to see what year did he um, sign? So his freshman season, he beat Florida in Gainesville, the famous shoe game. So that was he last was, year. So he was a freshman last year. So he's yeah. But now, by the way, by the way, the reason he didn't come here was Willie Taggart. For sure, hundred percent, one hundred percent. The reason he didn't come here was Willie Taggart. And maybe, and maybe, maybe somebody else would have beat out Florida State. But but the reason he Florida State was never even in the mix, never really, even consideration, right? In which he, you know, you can't really blame them too much. The dad too much. Um, my my whole thing with any quarterback transfer was I just felt like they wouldn't want somebody really young that would scare off AJ Duffy. Um, this guy, you know, he was a freshman during the COVID year, so he was a freshman again this past season. But he will be in his third year in college, and you would assume he's not looking to be in college for four more years. So, um, you know, that way maybe you could spin it, excuse me, to AJ Duffy. Or, you know, his process is going to take much longer because, uh, you know, he just he just trans announced his transfer last week. He hasn't really taken visits. Uh, AJ Duffy in this 2022 class are going to sign on Wednesday. So, not that you know you're trying to double, you know, pull a fast one on Duffy, but but if if Max Johnson commits later, a month a month later or two months later, then it's not that big of a deal. AJ Duffy's already signed, and here he could leave, but you'd like to think he would stay. Um, so from that standpoint, yeah, man, I'd be all for it. I mean, Jordan, you know, the, every coach that's any good will always say the same thing. It's my job to bring in the best players I can bring in. It's your job right. to beat them out. And so you can't have any player hold you hostage that you can't bring somebody in. So I like Jordan Travis, but I would I wouldn't have any hesitation to bring in Max Johnson to compete with him. I would do I would be a little concerned again just because he's young if it scared off AJ Duffy. But the way it's probably going to work out is Duffy's going to sign on Wednesday, and you wouldn't even have to worry about it till later. So yeah, I would take him especially. Um, you know, it's two reasons. One is that tight end. First of all, Max could be really good. We'll see. The tight end's gonna got a chance to be really, really good. I also think it would be good to have Brad Johnson involved with the program. I mean, that's a agreed. And, agreed. and a good guy, NFL, uh, you know, veteran. You'd like to establish that connection, which has kind of been lost now the last couple of years because his kids haven't been coming this way. So I think it's important on a lot of levels, and you just nailed all of them, Ira. Good job. Thanks. Uh, yeah. No, I think you did. I think you did. Start down. We got to we got to stop there. Fourth down. Fourth down for the Bills coming up. Here's the game. How many? Fourth and what? Fourth and four. Fourth and four. Buck 47 to play. Nothing game to worry about. Line. Nothing to worry about, Jeff. You guys got it. Your defense isn't going to put fourth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is ridiculous. I have to sweat through this nonsense. Um, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the rundown. It's fourth and four, everybody. Hey, listen, if you're behind me, hang in there. Don't watch. But. I will tell you, I think it's important if they can get the tight end that comes with Max, who right. I like a lot, you already know. I think that competition is awesome. They finally have a tight end. They can get rid of the other 15 tight ends. Uh, it would be very, very important. I think it's a win-win, Ira, in every way. All right, here we go. You want me on the call? 
Here you go. I'm on that wall. Let's do this thing, everybody. Tom, 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 Orton, on the line. Tom Orton's checking out. He can't do it. He can't Tom, do it. you check out. Check out, Tom. Here you go. Uh -oh. And in the shotgun, Allen goes back. He's got time. He throws. The ball is caught at the marker. He's got it. He's got it by a yard. <laughs> he fought. He, he caught it before the marker. He stretched out and got the where, yard. Where, where are they out they on have, the field? They have the fucking. Ah, they have him down, but he stretched out and got it. Huh? Ira. Where are they out on the field? They're at the 50. So hmm. first and 10 in a three point game with a buck 40 to play. Josh this is not, not conducive at all to a, a, a show talking about Florida State. In college athletics, I mean, no, I but we're allowed, the Sunday spent. We're allowed to I talk whatever we want. We are, we are, we are. But all right, listen, I'll get back to it. First and ten, Allen to throw, lofts it up down the left side. He's got a man. He missed him. Second ten, that was a touchdown, but he missed him. <laughs> it's a good thing. I mean, you guys are going to win the division, right? I mean, like we're oh, we're, dude, we're up four games so, in the division. So, yeah, so, yeah. so we're you know, no, no, but but it's positioning. It's positioning. So, Ira, when your team is on the verge of winning. Back-to-back -back Super Bowl, you're trying to do everything you can to make this. sure that you this. solidify home field and the whole deal. The Bills are just fighting to make the playoffs, so they, they've got to be the more desperate team. I agree with you. So when you uh, when you look at uh, signing day coming up, Jeff, I want to ask you this. I was thinking about this earlier today. What was – and I know you're, you, you know, you're not the biggest recruiting guy in the world, obviously. What was, what, what was the one play – when you think of recruiting, when you think back to your – Days as a fan, either before you became a sports a journalist or when you started out uh, in the late 90s, who's the one recruit that you think of that, man, I was so fired up about? Like you you couldn't wait to hear what he did. You were so excited that he signed with Florida State. Who's the one guy? All right. So I would say it was the running back that I asked you about two weeks ago or three weeks ago that I completely always forget about. It was the kid that ended up going to UCF. Oh, Marquette Smith. Yeah, him. He was the guy that everybody talked about. And, well, and, I it, was thought, big, and it was a big deal because Derek Brooks was defensive player of the year, and I think he was the offensive player of the year. USA yeah. Today. And mm -hmm. So you were getting both of the. No, I loved him. I loved him. And I thought that was going to be the kid I was so excited about. Um, but I think, I mean, like, you got to go back a time. So for me, you know, I. In the early days, so I, I, I was at Florida State, 91, 92, 93, 94. So I, I transferred from East Tennessee State. I had the opportunity to go to games prior to that because of my father. So we were, we were going to games back in the you know early 80s, 81, 82. In recruiting, like you just learned about recruiting through these other means. Like you didn't know, yeah. you know, and then this kid would arrive on campus and people would be like, oh, well, that's a big deal. So somebody brought up Dan Kendra. Dan Kendra was on the front cover of Sports Illustrated with his alligator. And I can still remember thinking that was a big deal that he was coming to us instead of Penn State because of where he was from. And he was built like a brick shithouse. So you thought this guy has to be special. I was actually at the spring game where he got hurt. Hmm. Um, so I get, yeah, Kendra's a good one. Uh, but I just, it was not, it was not my thing. Um, it was not my thing. It was years later. Um, I would say that uh, Cromartie was a big deal. Cromartie was a really right. big deal. I, I remember 
thinking about like nobody looks like that. Nobody's that big, that tall, that long. Um, nobody should run like that, looking like that. These a uh, couple of people mentioned George Ron and Dr. Walton Seven here mentioned uh, Xavier Lee. I'm going to talk about Xavier Lee a little bit here, Jeff. While you watch this uh, situation, well, I want you. I want you to talk about Xavier Lee because this is an interesting uh, conversation about who a guy is, how much he loves football, his ability, wrong time, wrong place, all of it. What was funny is so when Xavier came, um, the I remember we were out at practice, and I I got here right after Xavier in that class signed, and uh, when they came as freshmen, I remember Xavier Lee. This is actually really funny. We're at practice. We're on the practice fields. It's summer. It was either summer workouts when the freshmen arrived. Um, I think it was right before preseason camp started. And Xavier at the time, like Warchant was it. I mean, that was the only yeah, yeah, yeah. recruiting site. I mean, so Gene was the recruiting guy. And so from, from FSU standpoint. And so Xavier had read on the message boards where people were doubting. He had said he could throw 70 yards, throw the football for 70 yards. And he had seen like from his knee, from his knee, right? And he had seen on the message boards where people were saying, no, he can't do that. He can't do that. So I remember we're standing there at the practice fields and he calls Gene. He's like, Gene, come over here. And he's like, do you have a camera? Do you have a video camera? Do you have a camera? He's like, I want to show them I can do it. So he gets down on one knee on the practice fields to throw a football 70 yards to prove. So they have somebody go down to the other 30 and and let him do it. He did it. It was, it was just, but it's just funny to me that the time, that that was because again, oh, it was it the was biggest like, thing in the world. It was, I mean, he was such a, I mean, he was like a, an urban legend. And fourth and two on the five, Ira, fourth uh-oh. and two on the five. The whole game is we're on the line. We're all going to get to watch Jeff Cameron. Oh, no, no, the, the Bills have decided to kick a field goal to tie it up. Oh, come on, Bills. You're going to beat Tom Brady in overtime. So here you go. Uh, 25 seconds to play fourth and two. They're kicking a field goal to tie it up. The kick is up and he made it tied at 27. So, the Bills have outscored the Bucks in the second half 20 to nothing, I do believe. And um, that is an embarrassing turn of events for Tampa Bay, who had the Bills beat by 50. I like uh, Christ. Anyhow, <laughs> anyway, on to, so on to overtime. Xavier was a huge deal. and uh, Yeah, Xavier Lee was. Point, by the way, by the way. Point, I, yeah. Well, I was going to say, but to your point, and I think Xavier would admit this today, um, he didn't understand what all, you know, I mean, it was just like he was a kid. He was really kind of a immature kind of kid when he came to Florida state. And so he was enjoying being a college football player. Oh, being yes, he, was. he was enjoying yes. himself. And so, and, and, and to his, you know, not fair to him, the staff was not in a good place. And then after he comes in, you bring in Jimbo, who's a completely different guy. And it is, is, I mean, man, you know, Jimbo's Jimbo. And Xavier's not ready for that. So it's just a crazy situation. I mean, the whole thing was, um, I, you know, I'd like to think maybe if he was in a better situation, just like we've talked about with Ricks and other quarterbacks of that era, the things might have worked out better. But, man, Xavier's doing well. He's got a beautiful family. He's doing well in business. Good guy. Comes around the program. Um, so he's doing okay. But but it, it with his natural ability, it would have been cool to see what he could do. I was at practice, I think, his first year, and he made a pass, Ira, on a play. He rolled to his right. I was down on the sideline. He made a throw to his left side across his body, probably one of the hardest throws you ever have to make, 40 yards, a flick of the wrist, and hit. I don't remember who he hit, but he hit somebody right right in stride. And I went on the air the next day and said I had never seen a Florida State quarterback 
with a better arm. I don't re- regret saying that. I, I feel like it was the best arm I had ever seen. I think Xavier Lee physically uh, could have been one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I've never seen an athlete who looked like that, who had that kind of arm talent, who was that big and that strong. Um, you're right to say that he came to Florida State at a terrible time. Uh, the coaching staff was in total disarray. Bobby was well on his way to being done. Um, there were a lot of things wrong with the team, but nobody was as talented as Xavier Lee. Uh, unfortunately, Xavier also didn't give a shit about football. Um, and listen, man, if I looked like Xavier Lee and I was at the club and the ladies were, you know, I mean, he had a good time. He had a good time while he, he was here. He sure did. We all, he, we all, we all could be envious. Um, yeah. He had a good time. The, uh, Somebody asked about a question about recruiting. Yeah, we talked a little bit about recruiting at the very beginning. That's not our strong suit, but it was a good weekend for Florida State. They had uh, some really big-time recruits on campus. Julian Armella, number one offensive tackle. Uh, he um, won't be announcing until Wednesday. Florida State seems to be in good shape there. His mom came on the visit. She seemed to love it. Uh, Azaria Thomas, uh, defensive back, four-star defensive back from Niceville, came and visited, seemed to have a really good time. He's down to three or four schools. Uh, and the other schools he's considering have had coaching changes and disappointing seasons. So Florida State could be in pretty good shape there. Uh, they also had an Oregon transfer receiver. Micah Pittman was on campus today. They had a Juco defensive back to visit as well, but uh, it didn't sound like uh, talking to Michael. He didn't seem to think Florida State was in great shape with that one. Um, and they had a commitment. Uh, Daniel Lyons, who's committed already, visited as well. So they had a good group of kids for the uh, official visits this weekend. And uh, there's stories about all of that at warchant.com. If you want to read more, just go over to Warchant. You can read all those stories. Yeah. So I just like uh, I was looking up Michael Pitt, uh, Micah Pittman. Yeah. Um, I was looking up all these guys. Uh, listen, all I, I become a fanboy like everybody else right now. So I see where Austin's updating people. I see where Michael Langston's updating people. Warchant.com, baby. Uh, and and I'm not even being a whore. I'm just letting you know. Uh, if, if you, if, if you want anything, let's go, let's go. That's where it's at because I'm like everybody else at this point. Ira, I'm a fan, man. I desperately want to see, uh, the Knowles do well here. I think they have a chance to do a great job. I also am excited about the transfer portal. So December 15th can't get here fast enough. I think for a lot of us. Um, and I can't wait for Wednesday's coverage. We're going to have a good time and I'm going to spend all day Tuesday immersing myself with who's who, where are they? What's what, what matters, what does. And I, I, I know the numbers. I already know the numbers of what we need and what I'm looking to see, but I'm going to know backwards and forwards who everybody is, where they're from, whether or not they're wavering, so that when we go on the air on Wednesday at 1 o'clock for the Jeff Cameron Show, as we build on the all-day coverage of Warchant TV, I am educated and ready to go. I'm excited about it. Yeah, you know, they right now they have, I think, 16 commitments. Uh, they also have um, uh, one transfer who is already in, so that is planning to come as well. Um, and so I don't think they're, they're not going to have – you know, they're in the running, obviously, from Marvin Jones Jr., they're in the running for Najali Kelly. They're in the running. Ira, can for- I ask you about that? I mean, yes. I have uh, some sources and I've talked to them about uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Do we feel like that's a lost cause or or do you think that's possible? I don't think it's a lost cause, but, I, you know, it's – it's. I think there's a I lot of concern. 
I mean, there's a lot of concern that he's going to go to Bama. Um, you know, I, again, I mean, I, it, no, and at no point during this process, you know, he made it very clear. Marvin Sr. made it very clear to them from the very beginning, this wasn't going to be his decision. And it wasn't going to be based on what he did at Florida State. It was going to be more about his kid and what his kid wanted to do. And I, I'm sure it's hard to turn to Alabama, um, turn down Alabama, especially with all that they can offer in terms of NIL in uh, support above above the table now compared to back in the old days. So, um, you know, we'll have to see. I don't think Florida State's out of it, um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to beat Alabama. There's no question. Um, I do think they're in good shape with Armella. I think they're in good shape with, um, you know, some of these other kids. But I don't think they're going to sign. I mean, I wrote something the other day about them trying to get to – if they can get to 30 or 32 players overall, you know, I think they'd love to get to maybe 20 high school players and, or 20 or 22 and this is just me guessing based on what we know about the roster, and then maybe have 10 or 12 transfers. Um, you don't want 24 high school players and only seven or eight transfers. They need to get a lot of transfers, and I think that market's going to start really start heating up here uh, over the next several weeks. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I, I, I wonder what the feel is for those players on the market. I mean, to me, it's, it's imperative that you get a bunch of grown-ass men with a lot of playing time experience to come in here and play good football right off the bat. I, I, I think uh, uh, to, to me, you, you can worry about the high school kids and th that being the basis of what you do. Once you flip a roster with competitive talent on the front line starters, you know, I mean, and, and I think Florida state's so far away and they're losing so much on that defensive line. Um, so I, I just, I, I'm so scared about that. I mean, I think they've got to find kids that come in right away who can come in and, and, and play and play big. We got lucky this year, Florida state. We got lucky this year. If they have a Keir Thomas to have a Jermaine Johnson, that doesn't happen. That's not normal. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, but I also think that there's, there's some other players that are getting better while that was happening. You know, for example, a defensive line, a guy that we don't. By the really... way, Ira, Bucks got to stop. Bucks uh -oh. got the ball in overtime. Let's go. Yes, uh, you go know. Ahead. Sorry. <laughs> if, if if Tom Brady doesn't do something here, I'm starting to wonder if he's really I'm starting that good. to wonder whether or not he's going to get it all. I'm curious about this guy. If he what are we doing here, Tom? Um, Perry asked if it's going to be a top ten class. I, I mean, probably not. Uh, just because, again, I don't know that the numbers are going to be where they need to be. Right there, right, they're right outside of it. Um, if they could get, you know, I mean, Julian Armello would help. Uh, he's a five-star guy, number one offensive tackle. If you got Marvin Jones, obviously that would be a huge deal. Um, but if they're not going to get him, um, you know, then, then I think it's going to be tougher. Um, so, but I mean, if, if it's a top 15 class with a five and seven record in year two of a program, I, you know, I don't think you can be too upset about it. So Kevin Coleman, anything you know about that? Are we worried about yeah, well, uh, Miami? He, yeah. He, yeah, he visited Miami, um, mm -hmm. and so, yeah. you know, had a good time down there, obviously. And so, you know, I mean, Florida State's felt really pretty good about their chances all along, but I don't know that it's a, a foregone conclusion either way. I mean, I think he's another one of those guys that, man, it would be huge if they landed him, um, but it, it wouldn't shock me if, if they weren't able to. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, what, what the, you know, kind of chatter is in Miami right now because they haven't named an offensive coordinator yet. So, I mean, if you're a wide receiver, you might be interested in Cristobal. He's not like a – he's not a Miami guy, but you might be interested in what they're doing. But you also don't even know who their offensive coordinator is going to be yet. So, I, I don't know. I don't know that that would be – you could have a good time in Miami and still not decide that's where you want to spend your next four years. So, do you uh, 
well, I mean, I, I got to be careful how I word this. Um, I think you know all year long, uh, I was concerned about Marv. I was concerned about what, what I was seeing or not seeing in recruiting. We go back to the first, you know, beginning of this show, we were talking about Randy Shannon. Do you think that's an upgrade? I do. I mean, I really do. I mean, and I, and I, I, I think it's an upgrade too, Ira. I, 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 I want to, I, I, the reason I wanted to circle back, I'm sorry to interrupt. The yeah. reason I wanted to circle back is I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I've never been impressed schematically from Randy Shannon, but I do think in terms of his knowledge and his ability to recruit South Florida, I do think it's an upgrade and I've not been a big Marv guy. So sorry. I, I just want to. Yeah, no, no. yeah, no, I do think, and, and I agree with you. And I think it's, I think it's an upgrade and I think it's uh, I think he's a good fit. For the staff, somebody asked um, earlier on the chat, and I didn't catch who asked it, but they asked, you know, if, if they're co-defense coordinators, who's going to be calling the plays? Who's going to be designing right. the defense? I mean, I think that's going to be Adam Fuller calling the plays. I just think that uh, usually, um, you know, usually the back end, whoever's kind of running the secondary, a lot of times now is, is the guy that's, uh, um, you know, has, has to make those, those – makes makes the play calls. Um Randy Shannon's going to be really involved in that. He already has been really involved in that. And I think what was important here was if you weren't going to make a change with, with Adam Fuller, but you were going to bring somebody else in the staff and try to give them some authority, the great thing about this situation is they do get along really well. And Randy Shannon, when Randy Shannon came in last summer as an analyst, and he just came in as a very humble guy, just looked, trying to help. I mean, he was a perfect fit. And Adam Fuller, a lot of times the defensive coordinator will be intimidated bringing a guy like Randy Shannon on the staff, and he wasn't. I mean, they've gotten along really well. So I think they're going to – it's going to be a really a, – a, I think it's going to be a really joint uh, effort from those two. My guess would be that Fuller will be the guy calling the plays. But, you know, and to your point about Shannon, the way he called defenses back in Miami, and I agree with you, it was very vanilla, it was cover two, but it was also he had better players. You know, so, you know, it's not like – he didn't need to go out and be, you know, just well, defensive football. That's all I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, Mickey Andrews didn't either, but maybe if he, if he, maybe if he didn't have, you know, those defensive ends. Yeah. I would players, say Randy didn't have Mickey's players though. I, I, I mean, like Randy as a head coach failed. Oh, as head coach for sure. No, I yeah. Agree. As a head coach, he failed and he did not make a lot of adjustments. That's all I'm saying. But I mean, that's a different deal. Like that's a, an assessment of a head coach. So right. you're, that's fair of you to say. Yeah. Um, no, listen, I think the communication process, I think the ability to relate to players and get down to South Florida and help out there, that, that'll be huge. Absolutely huge. Um, yeah, no, gonna, listen. We're getting spammed in our chat here. Matthew's going to help us out here. Uh-oh, I didn't know that. Uh, long throw down the line. That's got to be interference, right? They're going to call this? They're going to call interference? Thank you. There you go, Buffalo, you cheating asses. Um, <laughs> there we go. We got a little interference call on Buffalo. They're all over Evans. Been clear. The refs have been cheating in favor of Buffalo this whole game. And then we had a couple Crazy. questions about a couple questions about Mario Cristobal. Man, what are you? Are you? Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, Cristobal regime? Well, you know what I thought about Ira. I thought to myself when I heard Mario Cristobal break out the Spanish during the press conference. I thought we're fucked for all those five star Cuban players that we see come out every year. You know, they're all there, over there, the place. There are some. And, and then I realized, oh no, wait, they don't exist. So that's all right. That's all right. Oh, wow. Come on. I'm not stereotyping. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he's the right hire. I think he's a guy that um, 
is he understands what you have to do down there. He understands uh, the importance of putting a fence up around South Florida. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And whether or not he can do that is another question. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I listen, I, I'm more concerned about the fact that Miami bothered uh, to, to care and invest and, and sink some money into the program. It, it looked like for a long time, Ira, that they were not going to do that. So yeah, that's disconcerting. The uh, Panama Jack mentioned the uh, transfer kid verse that was here uh, over the weekend. Yeah, they had a defensive end who also visited uh, from Al- University of Albany or Albany University um, who's looking to transfer. Redshirt freshman had four sacks and I think 10 tackles for, for loss as a redshirt freshman. And uh, good looking kid physically. Uh, he was on campus this weekend and there's a, uh, you know, Florida State's in the running for him as well. Ira, so, 547 to play. Bucks at the 45, third and three. Uh, Brady back to pass. He's got time, and he throws. The ball is caught there to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Suck it, Buffalo. Suck it. Your game is over. Get you some. Woo! No no flags on the field. No No flags flags. on the field. Bucks win. Get it. Get it, Buffalo. All right. So, <laughs> so maybe this Brady, maybe this Brady guy's all right. Maybe he's got something, <laughs> something to him. Oh man. Yeah, there's nothing but heartbreak on the field for Buffalo. You can see them weeping. Their playoff dreams are escaping. Tampa Bay wins. Tom Brady with a long touchdown pass. Forget about it. What a beautiful game. What a beautiful game. We're gonna talk about prize picks. Yo, oh, so I got a bunch of them, and that one just landed. Um, I had Brady over 275, so woo! There we go. <laughs> Let me pull up my prize picks for you, Ira. Uh, my picks, my entries. Here we go. Rob Gronkowski, I had over 47 and a half yards. He had 62 today. I do have him coupled with Kyler Murray tomorrow at over 250 passing yards. Now, I have other entries. Let me look back at this. I had Brian Edwards for Las Vegas under 29 yards. He had 24 yards. He sucks. I coupled that with Tyreek Hill over 73 yards. Tyreek had 76. I just cashed it in for 50 bucks, and I've got two more entries still going. So what do you got, Ira? I, uh, tonight in the uh, Sunday night game, I'm going uh, Justin Fields over in Justin Fields in passing over 167 and a half. And I'm also, man, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish. I'm bullish oh. on, I'm bullish on them. I'm going David Montgomery over 60 and a half yards rushing. So, okay. I like uh, it. I, I'm, I like I'm, it. I'm fading the, the Packers defense tonight. All right. So I probably spoke too fast for Matthew to pull up all my picks. <laughs> I was rapid firing that thing. Them. Yeah, you were yeah. rifling them through. I, rifling well, I, don't, I also them. don't know if he can pull up previous because the, they already went. Uh, oh, there. Yeah, no, no, no. I had. Yeah. So I got uh good job, Matthew, though. Um, I don't know if you want to go back and celebrate my victories. We can, <laughs> we can do that together. Um, uh, um, but to any of the viewers, prizepicks.com is the website. You can do your fantasy matchups and, you know, do some of these things. Um, they, it's not just NFL, they got NBA, uh, other sports as well. And in fact, when I pulled it up today to make my picks, uh, NBA was the first thing that came up and I was, I started getting interested, but then I was like, man, there's just so many NBA games, man. I don't know if I'm devoted 
I've uh, you need to spend a little more time. NHL. What are we well, doing? Well, I do some serious NHL stuff. I, by the way, friends, let me just tell you, friends. Prize Picks is really cool. Go to go to PrizePicks.com and do this thing. First of all, like you guys, you get a sense for over-unders. You get a sense for, you know, matchups and weather and everything else. So last week, for example, uh, against Indianapolis, I had Mike Evans under 60 yards receiving. He had 15. I had Jalen Hurts under 190 yards passing. He had 129. So I cashed in 20 for 40 because that's the kind of man I am. So I'm just saying, like, that's all out there for you. I pull up all my past and, bets. It's all good. And you can uh, you get the deposit match. If you make a uh, deposit, they'll match 100% of it uh, if you use the WarChamp promo code. So, uh, all right, well, congratulations on the Bucks win, man. That's, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to apologize to the people on the Sunday Smash. Ira was a pro. I was not. It was so much a uh, – Byproduct of the Bucks fucking this game up and going to overtime. Um, I feel like you should get when you win a game in overtime, you should get like bonus points or something. Like there should be some cre- extra credit. Uh, although so we get blow, two wins, we get a win and a half. Although when you when you blow a twenty one point lead, when you blow a twenty one point lead, maybe, I don't think you get any credit. Maybe you maybe. lose a half point. <laughs> <laughs> you think like and who's to blame for them? Like, is Brady yelling at people in the locker room? Like, man, you guys made me play another seven minutes of football? Or is he, is he, are they blaming him because the offense didn't do anything in the second half? No, no, I, I don't think, I don't think any of that's true. Brady probably walked in and said, guys, that's it. This is the catalyst. This is us going to the Super Bowl. You just played the most desperate team in the league. They had to have a win. This is a team that has found themselves puking all over themselves every week. They lost to the Jaguars. They're an embarrassment. They battled back. And now you found a way to reach down deep, get a stop. And we went down and I threw a touchdown pass because that's what I do. Hey, we, we should make fun of Urban Meyer real quick. We've got a couple minutes left. My goodness gracious. <laughs> so what I don't like about this, Ira, and, you know, it, it seriously bothers me. That guy's a fraud. He's a bad person. He's a bad human being. Um, he's a guy that obviously had great success in college but he's a terrible, terrible person. And he's a miserable failure now in the NFL. His players hate him. It's obvious. And what happens is that they're grown men working to provide for their family. So they're not going to, they're not going to buy into his bullshit. They know he's a fraud. They know he's bullshit. And that guy's going to get fired at the end of this year. They're going to go two and 14. He may have ruined uh, that kid's career at quarterback. Uh, I don't care anything about him because, you know, I hate Clemson, but it sucks for him. I mean, he's ruined him and he's going to get paid millions of dollars to walk away. That's what, that's the frustrating thing is the, the, it's almost like he's been just trying to get fired and it's not going to matter because he's going to go back and do TV for a few years and nobody should listen to him. Nobody, but, but, but they will. And he's, uh, you know, it, 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 it's frustrating. I, what a bad hire. And it didn't make any sense. That was one of the things that, again, I heard, uh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been um, my man, the guy that, uh, Lewis Riddick. I think it was Lewis Riddick that was yeah. talking about earlier in the year when he was saying, mm-hmm. the thing about these college coaches is so much of college coaching is recruiting. And that's how you get the great advantage to, to go into games with so much more talent than anybody you're playing against 
at this level, you don't have that. And so you, it's really all about what you can do from a coaching yep. preparation standpoint. And now you everybody's got equal pieces. Sometimes you got, you're going against teams with slightly better pieces. What can you do in that situation? And in urban, I think clearly found out pretty early on. It wasn't, that wasn't well, his, his cup of tea. So Trevor Lawrence is at uh, through four picks today. Looked like he's beaten down and uh, absolutely lost. And we'll see like so much of, uh, you know, think about the difference between, I'm not saying, listen, I don't want to not give credit to somebody, but hold on for a second. Imagine if Trevor Lawrence goes to New England and Mac Jones right. goes to Jacksonville. Right, right. Same, you know, you just flip their career. Let's be, let's be honest yeah. about what, what, what just happened there, right? So Mac goes to New England. They don't ask him to win games. We're going to run the ball, check down, get better and better, learn the offense, learn the offense. We'll start – giving you more things as the year goes on. Just figure it out. Trevor's got to be a savior. And his yeah. coach is a baby. And so, like, here you're stuck. And right off the bat, he makes a mockery of the system by bringing in a clown like Tebow. Right. So Tebow comes in. And, you know, people say, like, so what? That You know, so you bring Tebow in to sell tickets. No, man. Think about the guy that's worked his ass off his whole life to be in the NFL, to play tight end, to bust his ass and have a shot. You're going to give that guy a roster spot in practice over somebody else who's a legit player? What message are you sending to those players immediately? So there's no way that, like, from day one, that guy didn't humiliate himself. Then he's caught on camera, and then he lies about it. Then he tells all of them with a straight face that, oh, well, you know, I went to visit the grandkids. Yeah, I mean, like, come on, man. And these are grown-ups. These are grown men. So, no, you know, it, it's that guy's reputation should be sullied forever. It should be, but, I, but again, I mean, I just have a feeling that within a year he's going to be on ESPN and they're going to act like he's Urban Meyer, one of the greatest, you know, football coaches of all time. That's the only thing that bothers me. So he's going to get the money. Yeah. He's going to go hide out for a year, and then he's going to go back on TV and they're on TV. They're going to act like, again, he's this legend of coaching. You just you wish know? that somebody didn't care. Somebody who was like at their wits end and they were sitting there across from him and go, you know, you're a fucking clown. Right. Like just, just say it and see what, and again, that's easier said than done because the second you do that, you're fired. So I get it. I mean, I get it. Uh, sorry, All right, man. Well, good win. <laughs> good win for your bucks. I'm glad we were all here to soak it up and enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with me. Uh, thanks to Matthew. Thanks to all of you guys. Peace out. We'll talk to you soon. So no Sunday smash next week. I think we're all on our way. Uh, I, maybe maybe right. no Sunday smash next week. I don't know if we're doing it or not. Uh, there may be one more. Um, yeah, we'll check it out here. Yeah, we'll check it out. Holiday. We'll figure it out. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you all know. Be good, everybody. Peace.